Are you an entrepreneur looking to have your business grow with a little help from the internet? Well, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Harness the Web with your host, Steve Peck. This is Steve Peck with Harness the Web, and we are about to go live on Facebook here at noon Thursday, noon Eastern time, and we're just waiting for AJ to show up. In any case, I think he's here. We've had a little bit of technical difficulties, and hopefully we're going to see him any moment. AJ, let me just tell you a little bit about AJ while we're waiting. AJ is a LinkedIn ads professional. There he is. So he's here. I can't actually hear him, though, so maybe my hear me now by chance. I can hear you now. Technical problem. (laughs) Technology is awesome, right? So for those of you who've never used like something like this, there's always if you think if something could go wrong, it does. Right. And uh, I went to start this today and found out that, oh, the session that I had set up was gone. You know, so it's like, oh, man, now I got to do the whole thing over again. And, and anyways, we got there and uh, here we are. So it's now we're live now. It's awesome thing about live stuff. So here we are. We're live uh, on Facebook Live and then we'll be putting this out. You might be hearing us on YouTube. You might listen to us on Stitcher. You might see us on uh, iTunes or uh, Harness the Web. .net. You might also see us there. So, AJ, I was just introducing you before you popped on, and my ears were itching. <laughs> <laughs> so, in any case, AJ is a LinkedIn advertising pro, which makes me really excited because I know a lot about LinkedIn, but I don't know anything about LinkedIn advertising, and I think a lot of people don't. So, this should be really revealing. And AJ founded a company, B2Linked.com. Right, so be linked. They uh, help you do advertising on LinkedIn, and we're going to find out what else they do for us too. Um, and they're a LinkedIn ad-specific agency, so I assume that means that you—that's all you do since yep. 2014. That's, that's really cool. cool. Yeah, and you're an official LinkedIn partner, which is also pretty cool. Um, so you're in that little elite group, and you manage ads for some of the world's largest or most sophisticated advertising accounts around the world. That's pretty cool too. And we can all tell now that you're a ginger with red hair, (laughs) right? So, you know, I'm not sure, but you're a triathlete too, which I want to hear more about that in a minute. And uh, you and your wife uh, live in Utah with four kids. That's what you're catching up with me. I have six. Whoa. I'm impressed. But mine are old. So my youngest is in her 20s. Matter of fact, her birthday's next week. Um, and uh, I think this is the most interesting thing about you that I know so far is that your company car is a wicked fast go-kart. <laughs> That's right. I'm a giant child. <laughs> Isn't that cool? I think we all should be child's, child's children. It's a good thing, right? So let me ask you a question just to get started. Tell me about being a triathlete. How did yeah. you get into that? Well, uh, it's kind of interesting. I, I've always been a runner, probably ever since junior high. And of course, I don't look like it. Like if you can see me, I'm definitely overweight. But I, I just have always been in love with picking a distance, uh, picking a pace, and just going. Uh, and so, you know, even as a as a chubby little kid, I was running like you know one miles or one mile, and then three miles, and then five miles, and then I I did my first marathon um, back in what was it 2009, I think. Um, and then uh, realized that was 
quite a lot for me. And so I have still been doing for about the last 10 years, uh, a half marathon every year. And then when my knees started getting, giving out a little bit, um, I've obviously put them through a lot. <laughs> I started doing triathlons because you can do running, uh, but just a little bit, and then swimming and biking as well, which are lower impact. So I've had fun with that the last few years. Sweet. That's sweet. Like, that's wild. I ran, but I've never done a triathlon. Uh, one of my kids did an Ironman, which Ooh. amazes me. Like, she's I don't, she's amazing to me. My life um, goal is to do a half Ironman. That's incredible for her. Yeah, I mean, I, anymore, I'm, like, happy if I can, like, run to the car. That's my my goal these days. But in any case, so let me ask you a question about your business. So if somebody meets you, right, they just meet you on the street, and they say, AJ, what do you do? How do you answer that question? Well, I, I think it depends on who the person is. If I know that they're a marketer, I can go into a little bit more detail. Uh, if it's just someone who, just random person in an elevator, I'll probably say, hey, uh, I, I run an ad agency where LinkedIn ads is all we do. Uh, but if they know marketing a little bit more, I can, uh, I can spill a little bit of the beans and tell them about the pros and cons of LinkedIn ads and all that. That's cool. I, and what are some of the pros and cons? Well, some of the pros and cons. So first of all, LinkedIn, as you know, has all of our professional data. So it is, uh, if you're looking to reach someone in a B2B capacity, LinkedIn has all that data. And from an ads perspective, they have given us all of that to be able to advertise to people by. So it's incredible for targeting. Um, and it's also really good for a mindset. I know you've talked about this in previous podcasts about LinkedIn, where uh, when someone is on LinkedIn, they're either thinking about their work or their career. And when you mm -hmm. give them an offer that augments one of those two things, they're in the right mindset. And, and so it ma makes their conversion rate really high. The so con thing about vacation. Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, of course, the cons, it's, it's not without its problems. LinkedIn ads are very expensive, especially if you compare them with Facebook ads. Uh, they can be, you know, four to eight times more expensive than, than Facebook. When you say more expensive, do you mean like the cost per click is more expensive or? Yeah. Yeah. Cost per impression, cost per click, just all across the board. LinkedIn is much more expensive. Do you have any data on how the cost per conversion is? Totally depends on what someone's offer is and what their landing page is like. So if you have a really soft offer, something like a, um, give us your email address and we'll send you this awesome piece of content. I've seen cost per download get down into the $15, $20, $25 range. Uh, and then if you throw an offer out there like, here, talk to our high-pressure sales rep or open up your wallet, it can be in excess of you know, $300, $400, $500. So it totally depends on what you're going to do with that click. Cool. And what do you find? Is there like a, a hurdle that someone – if someone's thinking about advertising on LinkedIn, right – is there a hurdle in terms of the customer value that they should be thinking about? Yeah, absolutely. I have drawn a line in the sand that says if you're not going to make at least $15,000 from a deal, then LinkedIn's probably not for you. But if you are a B2B business where a customer is worth at least that to you over their lifetime, then almost always it makes sense. So, yeah, definitely because you have higher costs to get in, you need to be able to make higher money out the back end. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. That's cool. So about 15000 is sort of the hurdle rate. Somebody, yeah. If your customers are, you know, you're going to make a few hundred bucks on them, that's probably not the way to do it. Exactly. Yeah, a 6 okay. to $9 cost per click is probably going to be too expensive for you. And, of course, I have seen people have success at under that lifetime value, but, you know, it's, it's hit or miss. Um, and there's a lot of optimization that goes into that. So just to be safe, I'd say 15K is probably where you want to be. Yeah. And just does... 
LinkedIn do the same kind of optimizations that Facebook does for their yeah. advertising? Yeah, similar in a lot of respects. Um, LinkedIn would be like Facebook, I'd say, six or seven years ago, uh, okay. where it's, it's just uh, it's a little bit more old school of a platform, a lot fewer levers to pull, um, okay. but works the same way. works the same way with audience targeting and the auction and bidding and all that kind of stuff. And does it tie into your own LinkedIn account? So like, do, do you can you advertise just to your contacts and stuff? Ooh, uh, so not technically, but as you know, you do have this ability to be able to download all of your contacts to a CSV. And mm -hmm. just last April, they gave us the ability to upload a CSV of email addresses to target those people specifically. So as you'd imagine, I probably have a lot of CEOs who contact me and say, hey, I'm actually kind of a big deal in my industry uh, and in my circles. Can I advertise to just those people that I've connected because they're in, in my industry? Yeah. And the answer used to be no, but now it's yes. That's really cool because I know when there's things people do on Facebook with that, with, the, with their LinkedIn data on Facebook, which is pretty cool, but I didn't realize you could do it on LinkedIn too. So that's, that's awesome. And um, how does, what's it look like when someone gets started with you? Do you have like a process you bring them in through? Yeah, well, we what have, happens? and this is, this is actually a, a little uh, freebie I'll give your audience as well. Um, when we start with someone, we know the, the eight checklist items that we need in order to get started. So that's going to be things like get us access to the company's company page and Google Analytics and an and ads account if it exists. And so we get the same questions all the time when we do our onboarding. And, uh, and so what we do is we'll have someone come on, they'll fill out that checklist, and then they're up and live within two business days once we have that data. Um, but we also have quite a few people who say, we can't afford your services, but we absolutely want to get advertising. How do we start? And so we came out with the B2Linked uh, onboarding checklist, and you can access it for free by going to b2linked.com slash checklist, and there you can download our eight-item checklist and get started without our help. Let me write the, I'm going to just write this down before. So it's forward slash checklist, all checklist. lowercase. And I'll put that in the show notes for people who are listening to this. If you're driving a car or whatever, you'll be able to go back and, and find it in there. That'd be great. Um, that's awesome. Um, I'm like amazed with like the whole thing about advertising on LinkedIn that I don't know anything about it. Well, it's so incredible. Scary. I mean, there are so many people out there who, who are in business to business going, I have a very specific type of person I need to show my ads to. How in the world am I going to reach them? And quite often, LinkedIn is the only way to reach that, that audience. How did you first, like, so when you were getting started, right, prior to be to linked, how did you gravitate towards LinkedIn versus all the other ways that people can advertise or? How did you yeah. get into this? So I used to consider myself an SEO guy. So those of you listening who know about search engine optimization, I've been doing digital marketing starting with SEO about you know 10 plus years ago. And uh, my story was about six years ago, I got recruited into a local highly funded tech SaaS startup here in Utah. And uh, on my very first day, I walked in and talked to the CMO and I laid out my marketing plan. You know, here's what I'm going to do with, with SEO and with Google AdWords and with display ads and with social and all those things. And I remember her saying, okay, all that sounds great. Go ahead and execute. But just so you know, we just started a pilot using LinkedIn ads. So see what you can do with it. And I saluted and said, yes, ma'am, absolutely. And I walked out of her office and went, 
I've never even heard of LinkedIn ads. What do I do? <laughs> and I didn't want to look like an idiot to my brand new boss. So I um, uh, jumped into the platform, started trying to figure things out, eventually got a rep from LinkedIn who taught me a lot of, of my strategy that I still use. And uh-huh. uh had a pretty immediate successes. So after two and a half years of being at this company um, and really hitting it out of the park using LinkedIn ads and having the sales team just raving about my leads every month, I decided I wanted to take that to a much larger uh, group of people who could all use help with LinkedIn ads and not just benefit one company. Yeah, that's really cool. That It's really cool. Um, so you kind of got into it by accident. Yeah, seriously. That's been my entire career. I just, I, I knew I loved marketing, but happened to get into digital marketing. And I knew I loved digital marketing, but happened to fall into LinkedIn ads and it's become my whole career. So really yeah. glad to join up those dots along the way. That's how I got into it too. It was, it was actually mine was more of a necessity. I had gone out on my own and said, Oh, what, do, how do I like now all of a sudden I had a new challenge. Oh, how do I get more customers? Where do I find them? And I lived in a town that was out in the middle of nowhere, kind of. It was like a, an hour or so from the closest major city. It's like, well, you know, I, I can spend a whole day just going to a meeting, right? You know what I mean? So um, I said, well, how can I do it online? And, well, where are they? Well, they're probably on LinkedIn and jumped in and started working. You know? Yeah, because you could work your entire career working that one small town that you're in and get the business of everyone there, or you can spread your wings and get one person in every city across the United States and have much, much more revenue. So I'm yeah. a fan of, of LinkedIn for that purpose. And not just, the, not just not the United States. I find it really hard to believe, and I'm going to ask you this. So I'm going to tell you this story, but then I want to find out how LinkedIn advertising, if it works for this too. Um, like me, like right now, I have a client that I work with in London, right? I've done a lot of work for a company in Australia. Actually, all the major cities in Australia, they have locations. And um, I do a lot of work with a guy who's in Rio de Janeiro, right? I mean, those are just once. Oh, and there's a guy in Canada, but that's kind of the United States, sort of. You know what I mean? <laughs> Pretty it's much. Not that far. Just I can drive person. to his place, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, does LinkedIn ads, can you do the international stuff with LinkedIn ads too? You absolutely can, especially if it's English speaking, because obviously LinkedIn is an English based platform. And so they know what English job titles are and they know what English skills are and English groups are. And so as soon as you start venturing out into other languages, they don't have quite as good of a hold on job titles and skills and groups. Some of the best ways that I have to do targeting. So your audiences get much smaller because other countries tend to be smaller and targeting is not as good. So you tend not to be able to scale as well. But anywhere, UK, Australia, New Zealand, anywhere that's English speaking and foreign works great for ads. And do they, are they having the same thing now with, um, What was I going to ask about that? My my brain just went blank. This happens to me get old, you know. <laughs> I'm feeling it already, and I'm only 33. Oh no. Oh, I, so that, anyways, that the ad size tends so, or that the audience size tends to influence the cost of your leads. So the oh. smaller the audience, does the cost of the lead go up on LinkedIn? 
Uh, it does slightly, uh, but not nearly as noticeably as it is on Facebook or AdWords. So the more specific you get on Facebook, you can watch your, your CPCs go up. Um, with LinkedIn, if I get super specific and layer on maybe four levels of targeting on top of someone, um, my cost per click might go up uh let's say 20 to 50 cents per click. So, so nothing crazy, but what is interesting is the more filters you add on LinkedIn has this floor, uh, this bidding floor and that you can't bid underneath that. And so it might start out at $4 for all, uh, all people in the United States. And then as soon as you add a seniority and a job title and a, uh, and a group and a, you know, a company size, all of a sudden now that'll creep up and you can't bid anything less than $5 or five fifty. So, Basically, the answer is yes, but it's kind of unnatural in the way that that floor moves. Uh, it's, it wouldn't be as noticeable if there wasn't a floor. Okay. Um, that's interesting. So you can't go out and do the, oh, let me start out, you know, and, you know, like on Facebook, a lot of people say, I'm just getting started. I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm going to spend 5 or $10 a day. Yeah, you can spend as little as $10 a day if you want, uh, but, you know, if you can imagine with a five or a six dollar cost per click, uh, yeah, nothing would happen. Yeah, you'd get one or two clicks a day and go, okay, I this is going to take me a month to amass enough data to even know what's going on. But you absolutely can. You can start at that little. Okay, interesting. That's really interesting. So tell me, like, what on the internet, right? Because we're kind of in that world, right? Whatever you want to wrap around that. On the internet, what is like your favorite tool to use Ooh. outside of LinkedIn? I have to say my favorite tool is a combination of tools. It's got to be okay. Google Calendar and Calendly. Have you ever heard of Calendly before? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, so I pretty much, I have, uh, you know, I, I evolved this business. We're a little over three years old. Uh, when I, we very first started, it was a rare occurrence when we got a lead. And so I would send them a, a link to Calendly and say, Hey, just book on my calendar. And I, I haven't ever changed anything. Now we get between, you know, I would say one and three leads per day and it's getting much harder to follow up with them and have conversations, but I still send out that link. And so every morning I come in and my calendar is just booked back to back meetings all Isn't day. That awesome. Yeah. Isn't and I don't have feeling? to do, yeah, no more yeah. bouncing back and forth. Hey, what's your Thursday look like? I can just give them a link and say, schedule it and I'll be there. That's very cool. And and they have both the Kelly, don't they have both a free and a paid account? Yeah, so, so I have depending on what you need. Yeah, I have the paid one so I can have four different meeting types. Um, so yeah. if someone wants to do lunch with me or just have a phone call, I've got different ones for that. But the free version, you can have uh, just set up one meeting time. Maybe it's a one hour phone call or a thirty minute phone call, um, and use that for free. It's awesome. That's cool. So, um, you know, let's go back to the story before you took this job, right? Where that, that led you into LinkedIn? How did you first? When did you first see that the internet was a place to go, or digital marketing was a place to go? Okay, so two you were into SEO and stuff before that, right? Yeah, so two different stories. Uh, you know, the very very first inception of the internet as I knew it, uh, I was pretty early. My dad had a computer before a lot of people did, and so as a kid, I was on Prodigy before uh, before oh, the wow. internet became yeah. what it is. So I was early-ish for my generation, and I, I got to play with a lot of it before there were even websites and. Um, and so the web has really been a big part of my life, my entire life. But what okay. happened was the way I got into it, 
is my dad and I used to talk and he's a, you know, he works, he's a finance guy, uh, works for a bank locally. So, you know, I don't know how he got so good at computers, but, um, I, he and I used to watch Star Trek together growing up. He was a big Trekkie and I would watch with him. And then during the commercials, he'd stop me and say, Hey, AJ, what do you think this commercial's trying to sell and who are they selling to? What's their audience? And, you know, how are they trying to make you feel? And, and, that was really interesting because I'd never considered marketing before, but that was my foray into it. And then when I went to college uh, here in Utah, there's the school is BYU. And I went in on my first day. I knew I wanted to study business. And they basically said, pick a major, like pick an area of business you want to go into. And I went, I liked watching commercials with my dad. I'll, I'll go into marketing. And I'm so yeah. glad I did. <laughs> That's cool. For me, it was, I went to, to graduate school. I went to business school to graduate school and I had no idea what I was really doing. Right. I was like, kid basically right but i remember going through the first round of like the introductory courses and a guy walked in who looked like jack nicholas and he was dressed in what i considered like early golf and i just said oh that's what i want to do and he was a marketing professor <laughs> that's the lifestyle i want so i'm going to follow his path i like it yeah so that was it right um that was cool Dennis McDermott was his name, Professor Dennis McDermott. But, Sounds um, like a professor. That was, <laughs> yeah, it was, he was a cool guy. It was a long time ago. And uh, in any case, not, I digress. So tell me, like, so the Internet is full of opportunity, right? Now, there's got to be some frustration with it, too. What's something you found really frustrating with it or challenging that you hadn't anticipated? I think my biggest challenge that I see with the web is it's just it's hard for the small guy to make a dent uh, in a world where all the big companies have big budgets, big ad budgets, and they can spend to get exposure. It's really difficult for you know a, a local mechanic to say, okay, I'm late to the web. How do I get up and start getting customers? Uh, it, it's difficult without a big budget. Um, but I will say it's much much easier than it would be to try to make a, a dent with you know, physical or outdoor ads, um, trying to make a name for yourself. So I'm very, very glad to the, for the web in that respect. Uh, but it is, it's hard for the little guy. I talk to lots of small business owners who say things like, oh man, I can't even afford to test LinkedIn ads. So this, this wouldn't work for me, but I know the types of people you can reach there are exactly the people I want to talk to. So then I start sharing with them like, well, you can go reach out to them uh, organically over LinkedIn, start relationships, yeah. start conversations. That's the best way to do it. But then that's not very scalable. It takes a lot of time. That's the thing we help them with. Yeah. And harness the web. That's what we do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the plug. But you know, in any case, um, it is though, it's hard because you could spend a ton of time. Um, and especially if you don't know, which is when I first got into LinkedIn, I didn't really know what I was doing at all. And I spent a lot of time. I spent a lot of money. I took a lot of court. I did all kinds of stuff. And quite frankly, most of it was garbage, you know. And it's like, well, this was great, but it didn't really do anything for me. So, yeah, my very and, first uh, tweet, I went back and looked at my first tweet, and, and it was, great Saturday, mowing the lawn. It's like I would never post that as a tweet now. You, Every yeah. new network you get on, you learn what's acceptable, what's not. The the whole community kind of moves around you. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you're in the minority. I know a lot of business owners who go, they look at LinkedIn and they go, I'm afraid to post anything because what if I do something wrong and 
you know, crap on my own network and now everyone that I know hates me. Um, so anyway, good for you. For I, just, initiative. I just had somebody tell me that today. He was worried <laughs> about, oh, what if like the people don't like me? And it's really, and it's true because you have this, it's your professional network. It's not like something else. You could easily um, create the wrong impression, I guess. It's true. And uh, I'm actually... I'm seeing a lot of people doing posts right now that quite frankly piss everyone off and uh, you know, doing things like using LinkedIn's feed for things that are religious or political or, uh, or divisive. And I know they're just looking for attention, but the group that they're doing this to is essentially the people that they want to do business with for the rest of their lives. So it, yeah. it makes sense to exercise a little bit more caution and uh, maybe not throw a, throw a grenade into that group. <laughs> Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. I know me, that's my reaction. Um, I don't, like, those are things that I don't really want to, I don't, in terms of business, I don't really want to deal with them. They're not relevant. Unless they're relevant to what I'm doing, I'd be happy yeah. to talk later. You want to have a beer or something over it? Great. But save that for business. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, we'll save that for something else, right? Exactly. So, um, what do you like, when you meet somebody brand new, right? You're just out. You meet somebody, or maybe one of your friends or a relative, and they say, "Hey, you know, I, I'd like to take advantage of this internet thing." What are some of the uh, top benefits you think people can get out of it versus the old days when you were watching TV with the figuring out what the commercial said? Well, the nice thing is, I mean, we know on. Uh, on social channels like Facebook, like Twitter, they're they're taking the natural reach of companies out, and they're injecting uh, people who've paid into our feeds. So we know this is happening. We know it's going to be harder and harder to reach companies. So I keep that in mind with with someone saying they want to you know get on online. Maybe it's their business. They want to start a, a an internet business or start promoting online. Um, I pretty much break it up into two different types of activities. So you have these social activities that you're gonna have to pay. Like that's just how it works. And so I would say start with Facebook ads just because they're less expensive and the targeting's pretty good. No matter whether you're in B2B or B2C, you can get a footing there. Um, but, mm -hmm. And social tends to work really well for people who have a, a disruptive product, um, meaning they just came out with something that no one knows exists and they're trying to introduce it to, to everyone. Versus if you have this activity that I would call a search activity, like search engine optimization or Google AdWords or Bing ads, those work really well if there are already keywords that people are searching for you on. So if you're a local accountant, don't try to create a whole nother term for what you do, just try to rank uh, either organically or paid for the term like local city plus accountant or accounting firm. Um, so that's where I start people is decide what type of channel is going to be best for you. If it's search, if it's social, and then start talking about opportunities there. It's cool. So I'm going to ask a question about that because one of the things that I would do, and I want to see how we would, how we would move forward and put this on the internet, right? So um, one of the things I do with people is I really do try to help them become I'm going to say unique, to come up with a unique offering. So even if it was the accountant, it's like, okay, so what makes you different than the other million accountants on the, you know, LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever it is? What makes you different than them? And how can we capitalize on that? 
Yeah, and differentiation is so important in the marketing process. But I would say when someone is trying to find you, they're trying to find your type of business, you have to optimize towards the types of keywords that they would be looking for you on. Because you you can create a, a new hashtag and call it accountingdom or something like that and you know try to build something unique. But if no one's ever going to search for you by that, then search isn't going to work. Um, you'll just you'll never have anyone search for that keyword. But once you get them on your website, then you you differentiate. Then you're trying to build a relationship and show them that you're different and you're not just another player in the in the in the hat. Yeah. One of the th- one of the things too, I think that, and it depends on the business and what you're doing. So if people are searching for you, like, um, you're a plumber, right? And you know you do emergency services. People are – they know that they want you, and they want you now, and you could almost like how fast can you be here is the the environment they're in. Um, but a lot of businesses aren't in that role, and one of the things – and I want to see hear what you, you uh, think of this. Um, the whole direct response marketing kind of environment laid on top of the Internet. So it's – you know, direct response goes way back way back to the mail, you know, direct mail is an example of direct response marketing. It's not the only kind. Uh, you can do direct response marketing in the yellow pages, right? I don't know if you remember the yellow pages. I do. They kind of have gone away, but, you know, it used to be people, that's what people did. They put an ad in the yellow pages. Um, but there was a way to do that. So you got a direct response kind of thing. And direct response being, hey, I do something and I can measure whether or not I get a result or get a, you know, does this cause an action? That's kind of like, yeah. And so those, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just so laying that on top of the internet. How do you see that? So obviously, LinkedIn ads are a form of direct response marketing. Yeah, they they definitely can be, uh, but there is a big difference in the level of intent when you're on a search channel. So if someone finds you on on SEO or from Google AdWords or Bing ads, it's because they're searching for you, and you might be that that. Uh, emergency HVAC guy who is going to be there on a moment's notice to come and turn on the heat when your heater went out over over the night in the winter. Yeah, so important. <laughs> yeah, it, it's great. And so when someone is searching for something, they're they're going to have a, an active level of a, of intent there, and it means that's going to be a really high quality lead. Uh, as in, it could close tomorrow. So a sales team might really like this kind of lead because very short sales cycle, someone's ready. On the other hand, when someone is doing advertising or marketing on social media, they have no control over what someone is looking for right now, but what you do have control over is who the type of person is. So you might have the same HVAC person who goes, well, I can't tell who needs, you know, whose heater went out overnight, but I can say I know my services we work better in uh, more expensive households, or I really like to, to install two or three heaters at a time. So I want to advertise only to people who live in mansions. Social media is fantastic for that. But realize that your sales cycle is going to be much large, a lot, much longer because you're getting in front of people who you, this is the first introduction, they don't have a problem yet, and you're trying to essentially get on top of their mind. And the best yeah. way to do that through social media is not necessarily direct response like, here, contact us right now, but it's more of a, you know, sign up for our mailing list, download a piece of our content, let's start a discussion so that we can nurture that relationship so when you do have a heater go out overnight, we're the first ones you think of to call. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's sweet. And, yeah, and those are all direct response things. 
Yeah. Versus versus flying the Goodyear blimp over the Super Bowl, you know, and thinking that people are going to call your – and I think for me, like I work with a lot of small businesses. One of the challenges they have is they see advertising as it's done on TV. They see like people like Goodyear, people who are doing image advertising and think that that's what they should be doing. Right. And that is – Branding is something you do when all your performance dollars are maxed out. So I would not put any dollars towards a Super Bowl ad or the Super Bowl blimp um, or trying to brand yourself until you, you've already exhausted that. The search level of consumers who are already looking for what you're doing and then the social level of people who uh, who are a good fit for you once you've maxed both of those activities out. I think branding dollars come into account, but there aren't very many small businesses who can afford you know branding dollars. Yeah, it's crazy. So what's a piece of advice you could give people today? Something that they could take away if they listen to this uh, or they're watching this, something that they could take away and implement um, as quickly as today. You know, there's no excuse for them not to take your advice and just do it. Okay, so I've got a really good one here. Uh, it is never too late to change or learn something new to become the best in the world. Uh, like I said, I considered myself an SEO guy. I thought for sure that's what I was going to do for the rest of my life. And five years in, I learned a new platform and suddenly figured out I was the most advanced person at this in the world. And, and it changed the whole face of my career. So the web changes so fast and there's always something new happening and there's always room for another for one more expert, someone who can lead the tribe. So don't be afraid. I mean, you could be a, a 60 year old person who doesn't feel like you're very good at the web, but uh, you can literally study and work to become the most knowledgeable person in the world at your niche. So find that niche and uh, don't ever be ashamed to, you know, take some time and study it all. It only takes probably six months worth of intent work to become a world expert on some small niche so there's no excuse chase it doesn't matter whether you're young old male female doesn't matter you can chase it so just get started yeah exactly and use the resources out there i mean there are a whole bunch of free resources and then there's paid courses and you can always learn something yeah that's very cool and so you've given us a lot of great things today it's really it's been great to talk with you what um so if people want to get and learn more about you or they want to reach out to you, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, so I think the best way is if you go to B2Linked, that's the letter B, the number two, and then the word linked.com. If you fill out that okay. that form at the bottom of the page, uh, I will tell you, you will not get a sales guy. Uh, you will not be put into a complex marketing automation workflow and be inundated by emails, you'll drop right to my inbox and I refuse to sell. So any question you have, feel free to hit me up um, and and I'll be happy to respond. And the other one is on Twitter. I'm pretty active. I'm WilcoxAJ and uh, shoot anything over, any question. And like I said, super happy to answer and you will never get a sales pitch from me. And that's WilcoxAJ AJ. on Twitter. Yep. Or B2Linked.com as your website and they can reach you there. Absolutely. I'm pretty easy to awesome. do all <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much for being with us today and sharing because I know a lot of people, you know, you've answered questions that um, people are probably even afraid to ask about LinkedIn advertising. 
And I totally understand because I'm afraid to ask questions sometimes too. So yeah, don't be, <laughs> don't be afraid to seek out and find resources like this if you want to learn something. But yeah, Sweet. Steve, it's been awesome chatting with you and thanks so much for uh, giving me the opportunity to share with your tribe. Hey, thanks again. All right, have a good one. Have a question for Steve? Tweet him now at Harness the Web or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Harness the Web. Thanks so much for listening to Harness the Web with your host, Steve Peck. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit HarnessTheWeb.net. We'll see you next time.